Is the Mediterranean cruise on your travel to-do list for next year? Stay with us for a review of 12 Days in the Mediterranean with Holland America. And as always, folks, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, and turn on all notifications so you get notified each time we post. Our special guest today is Carol Patterson, co-owner of Cruise Holidays of Burlington, located in Burlington, Ontario. Together with her partner, Debbie, they have been crafting custom cruise and land vacations for satisfied clients in and around Ontario and across the country since 2003. Hi, Carol. Welcome to RTE Travel Talk. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back with us, Carol. So, Carol, the Mediterranean has been one of my favorite places to cruise as there's just so many places and so much history and things to do. Now, I gather you've just recently returned from 14-day cruise Venice to Barcelona. I and have. that's a very interesting itinerary. It was with Holland America, right? It was, yep. Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I wondering if we could spend a little time today and you could give us a quick recap of the itinerary, how you found Holland America, and any advice you might provide for potential Holland America or Mediterranean cruisers. Hey, I'd love to. So my journey started out in Venice, right. which is one of my favorite cities. Absolutely. But as you know, the cruise ships are not allowed to come into Venice this year. Right. So it's a bit of a hassle, except that if you're flying in for your cruise to Venice, you do it the same as always. Okay. And you still go to the Venice cruise terminal. And from the Venice cruise terminal, if you're ship is parked in Trieste, they'll transfer you to Trieste and take all the luggage at one time or Ravina. Okay. I flew into Venice the weekend prior to my cruise because I love Venice and wanted to wander around. But my ship happened to be parked at Port Majeur, which is the industrial port just across from the regular cruise port. Okay. So it still enabled me to enjoy Venice and not do that hour and a half trip to Trieste sort of thing, except I would have liked to see Trieste. <laughs> uh, Venice, I love. It's um, kind of a love-hate city because if you do not have enough time in Venice, you're rushed, you're lost, and you don't enjoy it. So, so how, how long would you recommend if you were going to want to take in couple, Venice? At least a couple of days. Okay. Really? Yeah, at least a couple of days. The first day you're jet-lagged. We all know that. Yeah. The second day, you want to have the whole day to spend and not get anxious about where you are or, you know, you want to take in things. And yeah. Venice can be very crowded, even though it doesn't have cruise ship passengers. It can still be a very busy city. I would always say two days. And if you're if you're doing a back-to-back -back or if Triste is your whole day stop, I still don't recommend you go to Venice because it takes an hour and a half to get in and then they transfer you back around three or four o'clock. Not enough time. So right? that's really, that's just enough time to say, hey, I went to Venice, but I really well, didn't see it. Well, it's sort of like, yeah. yeah, Paris from Honfleur, right? You know, yeah. you don't see Paris. So, yeah. so anyways, that was what I did. Next stop was Dubrovnik. I, I love Dubrovnik. It's the old walled <laughs> city, Game of Thrones. It's, you know, Hard, hard not to love. And I did a, a, a different thing this time because I've been to Dubrovnik before. I did a tuk-tuk tour. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was very, very cool. Yeah. Took you to, it took me to very different parts of the city. And, and I looked down amongst a lot of um, places that were significant to the, the war. So I did that. 
we did Albania. I've never been to Albania before. Quite small, not really much there to see sort of thing. It had a lot of um, bunkers that you looked at, but other than that, not a whole lot to do. It is actually just a port stop for people to get off, that kind of thing. I did Catacolin for Greece, Naples. Naples I love because we I did Sorrento again this time. From Naples you can do so much. You can do yes. the Isle of Capri, you can yes. do Sorrento, you, you know. Yeah, there's just so much to see in that port. Oh, I know. I know. It's yeah. and and Pompeii. I mean, if you've never yeah. done Pompeii, there's another one. Um I was in Rome. Rome is another city that if you're only there for the day, you have to decide what you want to do if you've never been there. It's, it's too big, right? right? And of course, on Sunday when I was there, most everything in Rome is closed. Everybody's gone to the Vatican so, or church. Let me quiz you just a little bit about Rome. The ship docked at Sudavecchia? Yes. It? So mm-hmm. then it's it's an hour into Rome or better? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just a so real quick can... flying trip in Rome. It, that's the other thing, again, as in Venice, right? Yeah. Because there's just so much to see. It's another busy city. I did take a transfer into Rome, but this time I went to the Trastevere district, which right. is the re- it's a really old district, cobblestone streets and everything behind the Colosseum. If it's your first time into Rome, I would say you pick something that you want to do but you can't do all of it unless you're going to take one of those coach tours that glides by everything and goes, this is, and there you go. You know, right. We took one of those coach tours and you don't really see the, you'll, you'll see sites, but there's not a lot to a coach tour. Well, this is the, this is the thing with the coach tour. I think Rome, you actually have to do on foot. You have to walk it to be able to, to see things. The coaches can't get close to the Spanish steps. They, you know, they can glide by the Colosseum, but they can't get you into things. So, so your best advice. Yeah. So your best advice for Rome on a one day visit like that coming from Sedevecchia is pick what you want. Just one, one thing and and make Mm -hmm. plans to see that. Yeah. I I think so. Perfect. And then my next stop was Laverno. Mm-hmm. Again, Laverno is one of those that it's a port city and everything goes from there, right? You're either right. going to Florence or Tuscany or, you know, Cinque Terre sort of thing. I chose to take the train to Lucca, okay. which I had never visited before. What a beautiful Tuscany town. It was just amazing. So we spent the day there. Florence, you can't go wrong if you go to Florence from Laverno. It's a beautiful city. You do have a whole day. The ship is docked in Laverno till late. Usually it's eight o'clock when that ship leaves. So if you decided to go to Florence, that's a city you could absolutely do because you've got a lot of time. The buses leave very early in the morning and they're back later at night. So you've got a full day if you wanted to do Florence. Okay. All right. Good yeah. advice. What was my next stop? I did Cannes from uh, Nice. I'd never been to Cannes before, but Nice is, is again, another one. You get to see Monte Carlo if you want to go that way, or there's so many spots that you can do from Nice as well. And I chose to do Cannes because it's old. I hadn't been there before. So, <laughs> and, and Nice, again, has the, the promenade and, and the old city from walking around and, and so much. So Nice see. Nice is a great city to, to stroll around it. Oh, yeah. Nice yeah. is wonderful. Um, and if you've been there before, then like me, you can go to Cannes or you can do Es, St. Paul de Vence. You've got a lot of stuff to do. It, this is why this Mediterranean itinerary is something you can repeat because there's so much that you can see. Exactly. So, Carol, on this, like it was 14 days. I was 12 you, days. 
Oh, was it 12 days? Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. My mistake. I wished I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Uh, is, is 12 days a good, a good amount of time or too long? Or did you find it rushed? Anything like that? I never find it rushed. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, you know, I could, I could definitely spend more time. Uh, right. I, you know, I could have added another journey on, I guess, because right. I love being in Europe. So for some of the ports, you only get a little bit of time in cruising with anything. It gives you a taste, right? right. You, you get a taste of what you want. And if it's your one time visit, then you're going to visit the most popular places of all of those cities to say that you've done it right and this is this is the reason that i always say if you're going to do something like this make sure you've got the time to spend pre and post so that you get to immerse yourself in the culture of the city that you're starting out in and if possible immerse yourself in the culture of the city you're ending up in very good advice very good advice Mm -hmm. because when we went to when we went to we did a Greek Isles cruise. We spent the first three days, I believe it was, three days in Rome yeah. before we boarded the ship. And that's just, it's a great extension to your vacation. Yes, yeah. it is. And and like you say, Rome's a city where you can section off and go, okay, we're going to see this today, yeah. then this tomorrow. So yeah, you exactly. have to be able to you know, pace yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that, that's certainly true. So tell me a little bit about Holland America. How did you find the ship? I found the ship lovely. It was mm-hmm. renovated prior to COVID. Um, I liked the the updates that Holland America has done with the, the ships where they've taken the old library portions out and made it into the exc it's called an exc lounge where it has books but mainly their destination books and then it has huge large tables are like screens touch screens and you can touch say the port that you're going to on your itinerary and find all about it there's another touch screen that has different itineraries that you're doing so say you wanted to do alaska uh, the next year, you could look at that and find out all about it. And, and that's where your shore excursion management team is and everything like that. I thought that was a really neat idea because seeing is better than just reading on a page or a brochure sometimes, you know. Oh, for sure. I would have to think it's a great way for the guests as you're coming into a port or just a few days to brush up on the history and just what you want to see. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I like the Holland America ships because they are not overly large, right? Their largest ship, their new ones, are 2,600 guests. We're not looking at the ship being your destination. You're using the ship to get to your destination. The second floor on this ship is called the Music Walk. And okay. so this is where you will see B.B. King's, the blues music thing. And the there's a place that has dueling pianos. Now the okay. name slipped my mind. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. It was it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of um, people there. B.B. King's was always happening every night. There was the Lincoln stage prior to going into the dining room that had great music. There was a piano bar upstairs. So lots of smaller areas for gathering for music instead of one large one. We still had the theater. The theater was still there. Holland America partners with BBC Earth. So one night they did a documentation movie on the screen, but the orchestra played the music. It was amazing. Oh, wow. It was really cool. Yeah. So all in all, 
great entertainment. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's it's not your entertainment that's Broadway, even though they do have a few acts like that and always the magician and things like that. It's not the entertainment that you'll find like on a celebrity ship or, or Royal Caribbean, you know. Yeah, a little bit more understated and definitely yeah what type of passenger is would you find on board what, what's their demographic i think the demographic on holland america has changed i used to think that they were an older crowd right or, or maybe i've caught up with the older crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking around these people aren't old <laughs> oh maybe it's me <laughs> um, but i didn't see as many hardly any walkers and wheelchairs but you have to remember that some of these ports are tendered. Most of these places that you're going into are cobblestone, narrow streets. And I think it's a little bit hard for that kind of person. I found the people that were on the ship were not explorers, but they're more into the culture. They're, they're more out to see what's there as opposed to your Caribbean passengers. So the demographics on your Caribbean Holland America ship are probably completely different than the demographics on your European. Not as old as what I thought. I would say 45 and above. As opposed to what we might have thought of a few years back, which would be 60 plus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're attracting a, a younger demographic and, and trying to appeal to that. I think so. I do. Yeah. I think, you know, by changing it, all the things that they've changed on board the ship, I, mm -hmm. I think it does appeal to the traveler. How was your stateroom? Lovely. I, I had a balcony stateroom or a veranda stateroom for Holland America. Yes, very spacious because it had lots of storage. Holland America, the category of veranda that I was in still had the showers and the tubs, right. which was lovely. Like I said, the balcony had, you know, two chairs, a table, nice. It was yeah. great. With this itinerary, like, I don't think I, I don't go anywhere without uh, taking a balcony. But on this particular itinerary in the Mediterranean, do you recommend a veranda for folks? Yes, okay. I do. I really do. How yeah. was your so, how was your weather? Beautiful. In fact, it was warmer than what I expected mm -hmm. for September because usually I like to go to Europe in early spring. Uh, it was quite warm in Venice when I was there. I would say we were between 29 and 30 sort of thing, 29, 31. Okay. So most days we were the high 20s. That's a good temperature for Yes. for for that area well i understand this summer it was very hot over there yeah. so i would like you know the temperatures to be that or or a little bit less because right. i i don't like being exhausted when i'm touring exactly you know? so was september a good time of year to um, mm -hmm. take this type of cruise yes and it was still busy in every place that we went high season is still september it's not shoulder season yet in europe so, so when is the shoulder season in europe again? i would say October. I, I used to think it was September, but now I think it's definitely October. Now, this isn't the type of itinerary where there's a lot of beach time, because no. you, if the weather is good in October, it would be a good cruise in October, I would think. It would be lovely. Yeah. Absolutely. If, we're, if you were to make a recommendation to your guests, the shoulder seasons are probably a good time for this this type of cruise. I, yeah. I do. I Like I say, I still think I love May best in Europe, but chances of getting a little bit more rain in October might happen. Right. Weather's weather though. We can't guarantee that. So no, that's right. You know. Any special packing tips for this type of cruise? Yes. I, I think that make sure that you pack comfortably for the daytime because you're going to do a lot. It's not something that's sitting. So 
definitely comfortable walking shoes, definitely right. comfortable clothing sort of thing. Holland America doesn't have as much formal as what it used to way back. I think there'd be one night where they asked for formal. And to be honest, I didn't see anybody informal wear. I think when you're traveling all that way to Europe, it's very hard to kind of pack a long dress tuxedo. Right. You know, you, you want to make sure that you've got um, a couple of nice outfits to wear for dinner sort of thing. I packed less this time, mainly because of luggage that's been happening all over the world where it's been lost. Exactly. I did pack differently so that most of my stuff was on my carry-on. So I made sure that I had comfortable shoes. I had even comfortable shoes for the evening after walking all day. But, you know, I had a few dresses for dinner and I had very comfortable clothes for during the day. So if you had to do it all over again, Carol, on this cruise, is there anything you might skip or... Any special highlight? Any special highlight. I loved it all, Ken. I ended up in Barcelona, which is another one of my very favorite cities. And we were there one day prior before I had to leave. So I was lucky to do that. I wouldn't have missed any port, honestly. Uh, and I got a, we got a highlight that on one of our sea days, the captain decided that at sunset, he was going to cruise around Stromboli. Okay. Which was very cool. So Stromboli's constantly erupting. And then we got home and I think it was a week or two ago, we heard that they really had a big eruption. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was kind of a highlight because I had never cruised around it at sunset to see the eruptions. The Mediterranean has so many ports, though, that are just history, interesting. So in reality, you could do the Mediterranean two, three times. And still probably not have seen it all. Exactly. Well, it sounds like you had an absolutely wonderful time. This cruise was fairly port intensive. How many sea days did you have? Two. Yeah, so it it would. So it was definitely port intensive. Yeah. If I do the Mediterranean, I really don't want to be on a ship that has a lot of sea days. No. You're there to see it. You know, a sea day now and then gives you a little bit of a rest. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You a little, little, little time to recuperate. Uh, Carol, we talked about, you know, you could do the Mediterranean two or three times and still not see it all. But if folks were considering, okay, I want to do a one and done in the Mediterranean, how would you rank this itinerary as for folks that may possibly be looking for a one and done? A one and done from the Mediterranean, I would rank it right up there because you've hit most of the important stops. If you wanted to do Greece, this isn't your itinerary. Very little Greece. Yeah. Very little Greece. So you have to, it's sort of like the Mediterranean, you have to go, it's an east and a west, sort of like your Caribbean. Are we doing the west or are we doing the east, right? So very, very different. This one gives you a great Mediterranean though, because it takes you right from Spain over to Italy. Excellent. Excellent. So where are you off to next? I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that awful? (laughs) I should be planning all of these things. I know, but I, I feel like, okay, I'm home and I have to get caught up, but I don't know. I would like to get away in the winter, but definitely I'd like to get away ne- next May for sure. Let's okay, see. well, let, let me ask you this one then. You don't know where you're off to next, but I bet you you have something on a bucket list that you haven't done yet. Yes. Now, where's that? <laughs> I've got a lot of things on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> and the more I'm in travel, the bigger yeah. my bucket list gets. <laughs> I'd like to see the fjord. I want to see the Galapagos, all those things. Go back to Vietnam. Whether I get there or not, I don't know. <laughs> so Carol, if folks wanted to reach out to you about uh, this Mediterranean cruise or perhaps another vacation, what's the best way to get hold of you? I would say email. Okay. And do info at cruise holidays 
burlington.ca. We do have our 1-800 number. Info is easiest. We can answer that best. Perfect. And they, they can also reach you at your website, www.compasscruises.ca. Yes, they can. Excellent. Excellent. Well, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Final thoughts is no matter where you travel, make sure you take the time to experience it. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Very, very wise advice. Don't spend so much time taking pictures that you miss the, exactly. miss the forest for the trees. Exactly. Well, Carol, this has been excellent. Thanks for being with us today. With that, I'm just going to wish you safe and happy cruising and all your future vacations. May the wind always be at your back, and I hope to see you on Alito Deck real soon. I hope to see you too, Ken. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A special thanks to my guest, Carol Patterson of Cruise Holidays of Burlington. If you'd like to reach Carol, I'll leave her contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us, simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com. Visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, folks, if you enjoyed this content, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels.